Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. My mom's is barking on Jerry Rice. Oh! <laughs> no! Mom's is telling the goat, stop following me. Come on, man. I'm like, Ma, what are you doing? No, that's Jerry Rice. He don't want my autograph. I, I want, want his <laughs> autograph. What the hell are you doing? She's looking at me like, I don't know no damn Jerry Rice. <laughs> I just see somebody following you down, chasing you. And I told him it ain't that serious. I'm like, Ma, no. So Jerry Rice is dying laughing at this. Tw- Let's go behind the mask. Another great week of NFL football. Two-ton Reds. I'm your host, Takeo Spikes of the Behind the Mask podcast. And I'm here with my dog. Your favorite plus-size model, Two-ton Reds, in the building. Oh, ready. Man, we got a lot to talk about, though. For sure, for sure. You know what I mean? A lot of games. Well, several games to get into, but I'm more so concerned. Or oh, we like talking about the stories. Yeah. You know, the stories really paint a vivid picture. And uh, and the thing that I think about, you know, like, what game do you lead off with? So many great battles. Uh, Dallas got back on the winning track mm. against L.A., 44-21. Atlanta came out. Ooh, they went all the way to the West Coast, 29-22. Got that dub. But then I think about, right, you know what? It was Heisman weekend. Two quarterbacks that both won the Heisman. Facts. Uh, when you look at Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Murray from Arizona. And uh, this game, it, I watched this game because it's like, all right, even though both of you guys, you were on the same team, mm-hmm. um, both of you were up for the Heisman and won it. So you got to imagine some type of competitive fire. You want to be able to walk away from this game and, and definitely want to get your thoughts on it. You want to be able to walk away from this game knowing, like, you know what? We both were the man there. Nobody can really say who was the better quarterback for Oklahoma just because we both won the Heisman. But now we get the opportunity to share and show who did best today, who was the better quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They both went at it. And, and I mean, you got bragging rights over your boy that you, you know, you you, you uh, competing with in college, but y'all still two bad teams. So I don't know how much bragging rights you can get. I know it, you know right? What it's like, yo, who's the best or the worst? Like, yeah, all right. But, you know, Kyler Murray. I played in one of those games too, but. Did you? Best yeah. of the worst? Best of the worst. I played in several but anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kyler Murray, you know, he got came away with the victory. We talked about that in one of the earlier episodes of the Behind the Mask podcast about how he was going to have a. I thought he was going to have a successful rookie uh, campaign. He's doing decent right now. The team isn't. Um, but Baker Mayfield, you you have all that talent around you. You're surrounded by uh, Odell Beckham, uh, Landry, the, the receiver, uh, Nick Chubb, outstanding yeah. running back. So you have everything that you need as a quarterback, but you're still not getting it done. So decent offensive line, still not getting it done, man. You know what I mean? So the bragging rights, yeah, it's cool for Kyler Murray, but my concern is what what are the Browns really going to be moving forward? Because right now they're just the same old Browns. We get hyped up year in and year out about something, but they're the same old terrible Browns. No winning season this decade. That's sad, but this even, I was surprised to hear this this morning. And a reporter came up to 
their head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Freddie. Um, they asked a question. I don't remember how it was stated, but it was really more so like, okay, so what are you going to do later this week to be able to prepare? A question of that sort. Freddie Kitchens, you could tell he was frustrated already. Yeah. He's turning red. He shakes his head about two, three times and says, I don't care about my future as a Browns coach. I was like, hold up. Let me let me hit rewind on this. Freddie Kitchens, the head coach, says, I don't care about the future. And so for me, I'm always, I'm, I ain't going to say always, but I'm looking at it. What is the silver lining here? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, did he really mean to say, like, I'm not worried about the future because if I don't take care of what's in the present time, then the future will never will happen. Yeah. But you said what you said. Even some commentators went as far as saying, you know what? What he said was so disrespectful, being part of the Browns organization. They felt like he should be fired. Curious to get your thoughts on the timing of what he said and then the timing of what he said. Well, I think if you're a head coach, you already know the deal. You tell your players, be ready for them loaded questions that the media ask. And we've been on that side, you know, being media members and being former athletes. So we, we, we know what's coming. As a head coach, you're supposed to be ready for that and be ready to dodge the bullet, bob and weave. Yo, Freddie took it on the chin and then, you know, left his chin out there and said, I don't care about the future. I'm worried about next week. I get what you were trying to say, but you like you saying, screw next year. We don't care about next year. I don't care if I'm here or not. I'm worried about next week. But all the, all the highlights, the clickbait, this is Freddie Kitchen don't care about being a coach of the Browns. So you done screwed up off the rip. So that might even lead to the fact of the reason why some of the players reportedly uh, playing against the Arizona Cardinals yesterday, they were saying, come and get me. <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Reports were saying that, that they heard several guys saying that, come and get me. And not come and get me on the field like I'm doing my thing because they, they neither him or, or OBJ went over like 60 yards receiving. Not come and get me like you can't stop me. Come and get me because I want to get the fuck out of here. That's 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 what they were saying. Damn, <laughs> that's bad, that's man. Trash. That's terrible, man. That's bad. And you know, and they asked they asked uh, Freddie Kitchens about it after the game. He didn't go. He just say, "Look, I love Jarvis Landry. He has all the passion, all the right things. He showed media training on that one. Yeah, you know. So for definitely, but." Uh, we here, we're a big fan of what they – we're a big fan of both players, uh, OBJ oh, yeah. and also Jarvis. Love the the passion that he plays with. Um, I wish he played on the defensive side. I would love to see yeah. what he can do then. But, yeah, man. But um, moving on, when you look at what's been going on, the Patriots, they struggled. The lack of not having a passing game. Got rid of Josh Gordon. Got rid of A.B. And you look at Josh Gordon. He went over to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Um, Popped up on the highlight screen yesterday. And after he popped up having a big, I want to say it was a 55-yard catch, turns around, now he's suspended for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah. Suspended for... Indefinitely. Indefinitely for PEDs and substance abuse. Um, When I look at the talent that he has, I look at how productive he's been in a short time period so early at such a young career, 
I, I at first when I saw him, when I continued to see him get in trouble in the beginning, it was like, man, what, like, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, bro, you fucking up a great opportunity. But the more and more after the first four incidents, I keep seeing his name comes back into headlines with this right here. It's not even, you know, you know, some guys who choose to get caught up and they deal with it, you know it's just for pleasure. Yeah. Like, you just want to have fun. Uh, when I look at Josh, though, for him to be a repeat offender, suspended for the entire season for one year, went over a year and a half without playing and still being able to come back, uh, I mean, it's it's no secret. It's safe to say that he, he has an addiction problem. Yeah, yeah. And so um, just, you know, for me, I feel so bad for him because I heard some of the stories, the support system they try to put around him, and um, him buying into it, you know, understanding that I understand how great this opportunity is. Uh, but to see him go down again, yeah. um, it was a reason why the Patriots probably traded him because yeah. they probably knew something way before we all knew. Yeah, yeah, and the Patriots, they, they, they're definitely good at distancing themselves from uh, – from issues that come from the players, not themselves. You know, the organization itself, they, they yeah. we don't talk about that in a minute, but, you know, distancing themselves from players that, that get in drama, et cetera. But for Josh Gordon, man, you know what? Like you said, after the first time, you're like, nah, you know, as a player, former player, I'm going to ride with him. Second time, you know what? Probably still still rock with him. Hopefully, you know, he gets it on track. But after three, four, five times, you like, damn, yo, bro really got some issues. You know what I'm saying? Personal issues. And I, I don't have an addictive personality, so I don't know. You don't have an addictive personality, right. so, so so you don't know. But at the same time, I guess that's what we, we, we sympathize with or empathize with them because you're getting an opportunity clearly to do what you want over and over and over again. You were suspended for a year and a half. You missed two full seasons, right? Came back, went back into rehab on your own. Said, yo, you know what? I'm going to deal with my problems. But as soon as you get an opportunity to come back, you get on the, the Seahawks, which is a playoff team, probably go deep in the playoffs, possibly. Very much so. Possibly NFC Championship. Who knows what could happen? And you're still dealing with those same demons, man. That's that's the sad part that, again, we we can't relate to. So before people cast judgment, I say, you know, check yourself. And not, not even on a football level. It ain't about football no more. It's about nah. your lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? If... if you can't function as a normal citizen every day walking these streets, then that, that that's an issue that you really need to get addressed. And somebody needs to get this man help because whatever has been happening, and I'm not taking a shot at the league right here, but whatever has been happening or hasn't been happening clearly isn't enough. And he got he has to look in the mirror as a man. Yeah, he and that, that's, in, you, that's you gotta very important. In, you got to look in the mirror like, yo, you can lie to everybody else. I say this all the time. Yo, you know this. You can lie to everybody else, but you can never lie to yourself. You can't lie to yourself. You are. Can't do it. You was who you was before you got here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like that line. So ho- so hopefully he, you know, he gets it together for his life. Not even about fo- it ain't about football no more. It's for him and whatever he go, his family, kids, what have what have you. That's what I hope. I ain't even worried about football. It is what it is at this point. Right. Out of all of your years playing, and I'm over here thinking through my mind, was it anybody that you did you ever have a teammate who struggled with addiction? And it was I mean, of course, you know internally in the in the locker room, 
But do you recall and, and, and how did that shake out? Well, yeah, there was cats, man. So here's the thing. Back back to back to college, I remember having times where we can go on like little, not even full vacations in college, but like we would go for a day or two and, and you know, cats smoked or whatever or cats drunk. Uh, I remember running, we had county fair. We was in college, right? That's yeah. that's waking up at five, get to the facility at six, yeah. you run from six to seven. Mad drill. Mad Some drill. people call it mad drill. Yeah, and then, yep. and then you know, before, before you're done, you work out before class, I should say, and then you know do your thing. So I remember coming out of a uh, coming out of a uh, county field, Matt drills at Ole Miss, and then I'm like, yo, I hit my, my one of my teammates, like, yo, y'all got something to drink down there? And I'm thinking like orange juice, apple juice, milk, nice. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so my man, my man, he came in town. Let's look at my man Scott though, like uh, Derek Burgess. They like, yeah, come come on, come on downstairs. So I come downstairs. I'm like, yo, Tony Canyon too. They like, yeah, we got some. I'm like, all right, where the milk? I got some cereal. I ain't got no milk. They're like, hell no, nah, man. You take one of these damn six-packs. <laughs> six-pack? At 7.30 in the morning? Who's oh. drinking beer at 7.30 in the morning? You know what I'm saying? So that was one incident. Another incident, I remember cats in college, they was like, yo, we about to wake and bake. Same thing. I'm like, fam, I'm trying to get something to eat. Yeah, we about to wake and bake. I'm like, bake what? These <laughs> <laughs> jokers, first thing in the morning, they rolling up smoking. And I'm like, yo, it's too early. We're gonna to bake some cookies and two I, times. And I ain't trying to say I'm a the saint. Like, nah, yeah, I partook, but it's too early to smoke. Y'all gonna smoke before y'all eat? Hell nah, man. Just, just point me to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. You know what I'm saying? But in the league, yeah, it, it happens. Cats would, cats would like dip off. You know, we would have, uh, we would have walk, we have practice, we have walkthrough meetings. And in between, after walkthrough, you have meetings and lunch. So in that little time period, it might be like an hour before you go back to to meetings, and then tape up and get ready for practice. Cats will blow from the damn walkthrough, go into the damn parking lot, and roll up. I'm like, this is in college. This is in the league, bro. I'm like, yo, is it that serious? And again, not to knock nobody because I don't understand and I don't have a different person, addictive personality. I don't need that. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I drink. So, hey, nice ice by the way too. There you go. Yeah. But um, I don't, I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a, an addictive personality. But I couldn't understand why that was so needed for somebody to get ahead and and and, and overindulge in. And then on top of that, you have an opportunity. Oh, you you you're missing out on an opportunity because you're losing something that you loved since you were a kid. You're jeopardizing something that you loved since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You're jeopardizing millions of dollars. Like, is it worth it? I tell my son all the time, like, yo, fam, is it worth it? Whatever you're doing, is it worth it what you're going to lose? You know what I'm saying? So right. that's, that's. if it is, have at it. Have at it. If if whatever you're doing in life is is something that where you're at, you can smoke and still make an honest living, not go to jail, live your life, keep your family, have at it I ain't knocking it I tell you what I had a good story it was with um, he was an ex-teammate of mine and he had an addiction to drinking Mm. and I mean but you never would know though yeah because he was he he was a functional alcoholic but he would come in and like he, he rarely would talk and he would come in, he actually made, you know, he made the Pro Bowl a few times. And, you know, the thing about him was what was scary was because I didn't know. And I take pride in knowing my guys. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and he, he did a great job of keeping it to himself. And it was just like I remember several times, like, man, you go home, you kick your feet up like 7, 8 o'clock. Like, you trying to watch that 8 o'clock show and you'll catch that last little piece of Sports Center. And I remember at least two times, I'm like, you know, such and such, such and such got stopped for a DUI. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, he was just at, like, I was like, nah, let me rewind this. He was at work earlier today and nobody never knew. So, you know, but it, it's definitely is serious. And uh, one thing I think we both can agree on, being in an organization like Seattle, they go over and beyond yeah. to make sure that all of their guys are are taken care of. Yeah. So they'll make sure they'll hopefully they'll hold his hand throughout the process Absolutely. and uh, you know let him get to where he needs to go. And that's what you that's what you would you would hope and that's what you want. Again, not from a football standpoint, but from a human being standpoint. You want to make sure Josh Gordon is good moving forward. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, even if you play ten to fifteen years. Yeah, that's long in football years, but you got plenty of living to do afterwards. Right. And that's the most important thing. Facts, facts. So let's talk about something. Let's 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 go away from football for a minute, just for a split second. And I'm I'm a, I'm gonna switch this up because I know you was about to go in. I seen you looking at your pad, about to start jotting. Somebody got a birthday coming up. Yeah, Mister Tequil Spice. <laughs> got a birthday coming. Birthday shorty, man. Birthday shorty, man. What's up? So what's up, man? So tell me one of the dopest experiences. Tell the people one of the dopest experiences you had while playing in the league because the season is still going on, right? Yep. One of the dopest experiences during the season that you had for your birthday. I've done a lot for my birthday now. I've done a lot. Now, one of the best ones that I had. Ah, dang! I, I had <laughs> no. This one right here stands out. It, it, it was big. Um, I, I I had the. Um, I was in Philly. I was playing in Philly, and at that time, you know, we were rolling. We beat the Cowboys, and you know, everybody, you know, everybody feeling good about themselves. So, I decided to have a um, a party in Philly. Mm-hmm. I had so many people from Atlanta to come up mm. and like really share that time with me. Uh Ronnie DeVoe. Um uh, uh who was it? I think Sleepy Brown was there. Mm. Uh like and you know what the the funnest part was? Like Donovan McNabb. Yeah, five. Shout out to five. Shout out to five, man, because you always tell me it's only a few people, like on their birthday, you party with them like it's your birthday. Yeah, that's a fact. That's Donovan. <laughs> that's him as well. And I remember, man, like, man, Donovan got me so drunk that night, bro. <laughs> like, this was bad. Like, it was so bad at my own birthday party. Like, he pulls out big bottle of tequila. Mm. And, like, he was like, here. You know, and I'm like, all right. Keep trying me then. Keep bringing it over here. (laughs) (sighs) Throwing them back. Man, before I know it, bro, I remember my sister coming to get me. Nah, it was my sister and my girlfriend at the time. They were coming to, 
I was in the toilet. It was like somebody had just just beat the dog shit out of me in the toilet. And I'm in there just, just all laid up. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. They was like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I can't walk. <laughs> and the next morning, man, I like I woke up. I went and got, you know, IVs and, you know, made sure because, you know, you got to get ready to play again. You got to bounce back. But, man, that had to be one of the funnest times. Like, definitely one of the one of my better birthdays uh, during the season when I was playing. No doubt. No doubt. Well, this is little, little, you know, you're not huge on a tequila these days, but you are huge on a gin. So, you know, we got a little from the Behind the Mask podcast crew. Just came together, you know, got your little little gift box. You know what I'm saying? Nothing yeah, major. Yeah, man. Nothing major. You know what I'm saying? Since you be on that on that gin right about now. Greatly appreciate it, bro. Absolutely, bruh. absolutely, man. A little something. Listen, know. man, I appreciate that, dog. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? Don't, 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 tonight, don't be falling on no toilets and calling me a loss and nobody. We not doing that. Definitely not calling y'all to come get me out of <laughs> no goddamn toilet. What's wrong no with doubt, you? No doubt. To another game I want to dive into. When you look at this New England Patriots, Cincinnati Bengals, you know what? I The Patriots offense has been slacking, but we're not even going to get into that. I want to get into, even though they won 34-13 and their offense looked very lethargic when they were out there on the field competing, um, I want to get into the accusations of those guys cheating again. Mm. And um, it was funny, but before I get into it, let, let's, I want to play this clip so everybody can listen to hear um, what happened with the exchange of one of the producers who was filming the sideline of the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, coaches, I'm assuming coaches do it just because they want to know what signals are. They do it because they want to know what substitutions are going in but you're not supposed to do it but let's play this clip for our listeners so they can get a better idea before we dive into it and this is a piece you're filming on your advanced scout yeah yeah come on guys I don't see the advanced scout in this footage. No, it's not. We were trying to get some field perspective. My bad. That's not the no, field. I'm the that. That's why you would think you could take that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. But I can delete this right here for you. <laughs> Damage is done, my friend. No, it isn't, because we deleted it. Once again, it's gone. 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 Two, I, this is this is important because I see you over there fidgeting and you over here moving. So without further ado, give me your two cents on this. Listen, my two cents is the Patriots, great organization, first of all. Got, can't, you got to give them 
their due for 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 competing on the field. But to have that much success, that means when you say "but," you erase but everything what you said you in the beginning. To have that much success since you were in the league, because prior to you being in the league, they were trash. So when Fair. I got in the league in two thousand, and still currently to now. I would like to think that they're doing things the right way, but we had Spygate back in, what, 07? Yeah. Uh, we talked about Tom Brady having deflated ball footballs. <laughs> yeah, deflated Football, what? Footballs. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with Giselle, but it ain't got nothing to do with me. But, you know, my class of 2000 makes, so I ain't going to get on Tom like that. Nah, that's just, you know, you good folks. But you talk about the, the organization and and, you know, with this fire, this smoke, man. I mean, with this, with this smoke, this fire. You know, <laughs> with this smoke, smoke this fire. <laughs> with this smoke, this fire. So you know, Tom Brady. Yeah, man. Football's got you all football. discombobulated right. over there. And, and and quick story: we played. I was with the Panthers in '03. We played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Didn't didn't end out well for us. And one time I, I was fortunate enough to make it to the Super Bowl. And we had a walkthrough. And at that walkthrough, as soon as we got to the stadium, you see some of the coaches looking up, looking around, what have you. And they're looking at another press box across the field. Yep. And some of them are pointing. And, you know, I'm a young kid. I'm thinking like four years in the league, so I'm not even paying attention. I'm happy to be in Houston because I had some people in Houston. I'm kicking it every night. I, I, yeah, I'm like, whatever. But the coaches are starting to get up in arms because somebody's actually up there with the camera. And it's like, it ain't our people because we just got there. So why is there a camera crew set up on the opposing sideline filming down? All right. This is again, this is back in 04. So this is yep. before Spygate, because I think Spygate was like in 07. Uh-huh. So we don't know what's going on. But during the game, fast forward to the game, the actual Super Bowl, I think it was like 38, Super Bowl 38 or something like that. That's the one where Janet Jackson had the um the nipple. The nip slip, yeah. They the players are out there literally knowing the play. They're gonna run here. They're gonna run it like throughout the course of the whole first half. For real? And we like we get film study, but you ain't that damn good. Ain't no possible way you can read every play and shut an entire offense down and defense down. No, offense down an entire half. So what you're saying is, from your experience being there and remembering what you saw, them and opposing team, Patriots, shooting down on your football yeah, team. Yeah. We, we don't know if it was the Patriots. It was somebody who was up there. Oh, somebody. Who, who has access to that field. It ain't the, the high school or the, the college that we practicing at. It ain't, it ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't the Houston Texans down there because guess what? They they shipped home for the playoffs. They ain't playing. So who's on the opposite sideline filming down? And now we're in 2019. This is 2004. We're in 2019 and the same thing's going on 15 years later. But they still innocent. And- Get the entire fuck out of here. I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying it, man. You know, but it just, I mean, you know what? They got to go, they're going to send it to the league, which they already done. Jay Glazer did a great job of being able to break that news. What was funny, though, was when you just hear the commentary in, in the video, you know, the Bengal security member 
he asked like whether the footage was shot for a piece of profiling an advanced scout. He was told yes. Then the bingo security said, come on, guys. I don't even see an advanced scout in this footage. Right. You know, and he, then the Patriots employee responded, they were trying to get some field perspective. That's my bad. Bingo security then pointed out the shot that was the that was showing the bingo sideline and not the field, and the Patriots employee offered to delete the footage. He said he didn't know he was allowed, he wasn't allowed to shoot the sideline and apologize. Bingo security then asked, How did you not know the filming sideline guy was not allowed? The Patriots employee responded after that saying, but I can delete this right here for you. The bingo security member responded to him saying, <laughs> he laughed and said, the damage is done, my friend. Yeah, man. What's done is done. What's done is done. So, like, for me, I like, I was in the same division with the Patriots for four years. I played them several times outside of that. I would like to think, even going back when they got caught up in Spygate 1, you know what their penalty was? They fined uh, Robert Kraft 500 k and they took a first-round pick. That was like, for me, like, when you lose a first-round pick, just period. Like, that's that's franchise. So I, I, I get it. So now, when I hear this, it's like, this is easy. I don't care. Like, you can try to – of course you're going to protect Bill Belichick. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what they've been taught to do. If you go in any hierarchy and they tell you if you have to ride for the brand and if you work for the brand, they're going to protect the head guy. I get it. But for me, when I look at this and I hear it, hearing the interaction with the video, the Patriots are guilty. So it's curious to see knowing that – Spygate won. They came, they were fined 500K minus a number one draft pick. What now? Now the league, this is this is tough because I'm curious to see what the NFL is going to do. Listen, man, you talking about Patriots draft picks being first round picks. That didn't do anything in 2007 because guess what? A first round draft pick, when was Tom Brady drafted? You recall? Sixth round. Sixth round, class of 2000 after me, and I was in the fifth round. That that's means, your fr- you, that's that means your... you're better than him. No, shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> still playing, making millions. I ain't doing that. But you, you, Tom Brady, and excuse me, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, they've been known for going in a draft and finding those late round picks and those free agents to come in and fill roles, plug and play. It ain't about a first round pick. Nikhil Harry, who just got drafted this year, first round. We ain't heard from him. Yes, he's been lighting it up he lately, ain't been though. Light, lately, we ain't heard from him over the years, over the uh, the course of the duration of the year. But you're only to as good as your last game, Tootin. Listen, man. Listen, man. No. No, 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 no. And then you're talking about a billionaire with $500,000. That's a drop in a bucket, bro. That ain't no fine. That ain't no. And he can write that off. You can write a loss off, man. Come on, man. The Patriots been doing this for years, and not because I'm not a fan because they beat us in the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to be I that mean, guy. I can't I'm tell. not trying to be that guy. But come on. If that started happening in 20, at least as far as I know, in twenty in 2004, back when I was playing, um, 
in the league, and then they got caught in 2007, and now you still have things servicing over the years in 2019. You tell me what, man. <laughs> you going to let your damn lady cheat on you for 14 years and finally say, you know what? Nah, you're not doing it no more. Come on, man. Get the fuck out of here, man. The entire fuck out of here. That's nah, man. I'm not buying it. I I think they that I think they're guilty of it. It's no possible way. No possible way. Well, they, you know, they're gonna go through their trial, do whatever. Um, from the um, investigation from the NFL, uh, I agree with you. I do think they're guilty. It's just a matter of. I don't even think it's a matter of being able to prove it. Is you know that old saying your parents tell you, like, you never want to be that person. When you walk through the door, they say their reputation precedes them before they walk through the door. That's what we're dealing with with the New England Patriots. And if they don't, it ain't even – the evidence is the evidence. Yeah. You're not supposed to be doing it, period. Regardless of whatever excuse, how good it may sound – your reputation precedes you before you walk through the door. I want to see what the fine is going to be this time. Last time, 500K by the owner, first-round pick. We'll see. Need to be something more than that because I ain't enough because they still be winning. <laughs> Joe Mixon, man, he I love Joe Mixon, but he came out and he said that he wanted to swap jerseys with Tom Brady but was too nervous to ask. Yeah. Um, he was starstruck. And, you know, I've had plenty of people hitting me up about this saying, like, like he's starstruck, but you in the NFL too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, is he right? Is he wrong? I have my thoughts on it. I'll tell you. Let me tell you my thoughts because I want to get your thoughts too. I don't think he was wrong. Like, I get it. And you have to look at what's deeper now. Like, if I'm looking at me, my age, the time that I play – Nah, you don't do that. Like, I I meet you at the Pro Bowl, and then we'll exchange jerseys then. Mm -hmm. But now when you look at this society uh, of the younger men who are playing the game, um, they're more digitally uh, adverse to being able to do that amongst each other. And so I get it. I understand why. Like, if he was on my team right now, or even when I see him, like, I'm cool with Joe, I'd be like, Joe, did you get his autograph? <laughs> I messed with him a little bit. You know what I mean? Just plug, but I don't think he was wrong because at the end of the day, I think it shows great awareness yeah. from the aspect of, man, do you understand and realize you playing against the six-time quarterback Super Bowl winner? You may not ever see that again. Yeah. And so they realize the importance of it, plus they know they can get a lot of mileage out of it you know what I mean, on social media and all of those sorts. So I don't blame Joe for that. I'm a big fan of Joe. He does his thing. I respect him. I think, you know, he I, – I can't even get mad at him, though. You know what I'm saying? So the people that are saying, I wanted to did that, nah, 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 I, I see where they're coming from now because I was that same person when I got in the league, you know. And, and it wasn't because I felt like I was – on a level of all of these great players, again, I always say it was because I was from New York. And I'm like, shit, I'm from New York, man. I don't care who you are, I don't, you know? And even in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, this one of the greats. And my eyes is open as a kid, but I'm like, shit, I'm from New York. You not. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you got to have a story of meeting but, somebody. You know I do, man. And so I remember I was I was drafted in 2000, dating myself here, and we played the San Francisco 49ers. And as a kid, I played wide receiver and tight end before I got too big, too poorly a biscuit away and started moving down. To before you went into the plus size yeah, model. Yeah, plus size model and, and played and played offensive line. So we're playing the 49ers. And again, my rookie year, I had Willie Rofe on one side, left tackle, Kyle Turley on the right side. So I was not touching the field. So I understood that. So my big bro, Wally, uh, Wally Williams, is like, yo, you know what? You're a well-paid spectator. Just enjoy the ride because you're not touching the field. <laughs> I said, damn, I'm making six figures. He said, just don't get in no trouble. Why, why are you shitting on you like that? Because that's my though. big brother. Big brother can give you the, hundred, the, raw, the raw deal. He's like, you are a well-paid spectator. That's what you do. It's like, all right, cool. I'm still from New York. I'm an iced out. <laughs> Whatever. So <laughs> we playing the 49ers. I go out before the game because I'm like, I know Jerry Rice is out there warming up because I've seen all the videos of him running up the hill and, and preparing. I know he's warming up. So I'm going to go out there early to see Jerry Rice because he was the greatest. You know, he the GOAT. Right. I go out there. I sit on the bench. I have my little, you know, back then it's 2000. So we still had the CD players, you know, the Walkman CD players. So I had that on, little fuzzy headphones and sitting on the top of the bench just watching them warm up. Mind you, I'm playing offensive line now. You know, Ole Miss, New Orleans Saints, offensive line, but I'm watching the receiver warm up. He running his routes and I'm staring at him like, damn, it's the GOAT. I'm on the same field as the GOAT. So I had my moment. So I'm focused in on Jerry Rice and then Wiley come up and tap me say, sit next to me. I'm like, hey, what up? He's like, hey man, that's Jerry Rice right there. I was like, yeah, I know. He said, that's the greatest receiver of all time. I was like, Shh, I know, man. He's like, I know what you're thinking. I'm like, what? He said, you want his autograph, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, I, I snapped out of it. I was like, nah, I don't want his autograph. He's on the same field as me. He's like, all right, Wally, like, all right, cool, cool. But I know you want his autograph. And he walked away from me. So I'm in my mind, I'm like, shit, I really kind of do want his autograph, but I can't ask for his autograph. So now it's a jersey swap. Back then, we ain't have like you know the, the screenshots and all that. We ain't have all that. So I just wanted the autograph. Right. Never got it. Didn't get it at that time, I should say. Fast forward, we talked about the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Fast forward. Play the Super Bowl. We lose to the Patriots. There's an after party. Our homegirl Keisha Walker throwing the throwing the after party. Shout right? out Shout to Keisha. Yeah, throwing the after party. So Jerry Rice is hosting. So we lose. I got my brother there, my mom's there, cousin there, you know, so we all hanging out, my aunt. And I see Jerry Rice come in. So everybody's swarming him. This is like four years later from my rookie year. I'm like, damn, the gold is back. He's here. He's in my vicinity. So what were you thinking at this? In my mind, I'm like, I'm not thinking nothing else, but get his autograph. You got to get it, man. You have to have it. So I'm there. My mom's is there with me. We chilling. And I told Keisha, I said, hey, Mac, um, you think it would be cool for me to get Jerry Rice's autograph? She said, yeah, no problem. I'll bring him over. So she brings the goat to me. Mind you, four years sure. later, I'm, I'm I'm not really I'm not a tequila spice. I'm not a Jerry Rice. I'm not out there yet. I'm I'm serviceable. I'm just there when I can get in. So he comes over. I say, Hey, Mr. Rice, yo, pleasure meeting you, man. You you the goat, man. I respect you from from a long time ago. I play with the Panthers. Would you mind if I get your autograph? He said, Yeah, no problem, no problem. Sure. Hold, hold up. 
You asked asked. Jerry Rice for his autograph? I asked because, again— And you were playing? Listen. You were employed by an NFL team? I asked my man Wally, my big bro, I said, what's the one thing you regret from playing in the league? He said, the one thing I regret is not taking enough pictures, not capturing enough moments. And I was like, well, damn, because I let one pass four years before. I said, I ain't going to let it pass this time. Right, so now I'm like, all right, we in the club, it's popping, you know, women everywhere, all this, and I'm like, yeah, Mr. Rice, you mind if I get your autograph? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm thinking, how do I expedite this process? Because the goat is giving me his autograph. I see a waitress. I said, hey, you happen to have a pen on you? She said, no. Shit. Um, do you know where a pen is at? Yeah, it's one right down here, down the hall. So I'm like, yo, can you get the pen real quick? Give me a receipt, paper, anything. I just want to write. I just want to get, you know, I just need it. So she goes down to get it, and I'm like, I I have to find a way to expedite this process because he's waiting on me to give me his autograph. So I followed the, the waitress down the hallway, and then Jerry Rice follows me down. I didn't know he's behind me. But then I just hear, you ain't got to follow him down there. What you doing? He said he going to go down there and give you his autograph and come right back. You ain't got to be doing that. It ain't that serious. I'm like, I turn around. My mom's is barking on Jerry Rice. Oh, <laughs> no. Mom's is telling the goat, stop following me. Come on, man. I'm like, Ma, what are you doing? No, that's Jerry Rice. He don't want my autograph. I, I want, want his <laughs> autograph. What the hell are you doing? She's looking at me like, I don't know no damn Jerry Rice. <laughs> I just see somebody following you down, chasing you. And I told him it ain't that serious. I'm like, Ma, no. So Jerry Rice is dying laughing at this point. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Rice. My bad, my bad. My job in the league. You know, I made me a nice little chunk of money. But he like, nah, man, it's cool. It's cool. So I get the, the paper for the uh from the waitress, you know, a little receipt paper. Just had him scribble it on it. You know, I ain't want to do nothing special. You ain't got to say two, two, ton, nothing like that. Just, just write it down. So he wrote it down, whatever, I got it, put it in my nightstand when I got back to the crib. It's still in my nightstand to this day. I haven't done anything with it but left it in my nightstand. So that was my moment. So I understand Joe Mixon and how he felt about meeting the GOAT of his era, which was Tom Brady. Because I met the GOAT of my era. and might be the greatest receiver, I say the greatest of all time in terms of Jerry Rice. So I respect it. Hey, you know what? Great story. Great story. But you're worse than Joe Mixon. <laughs> That's a damn shame. First of all, you I'm going to leave with this and stay with this. How can you say, I want to uh, remember I was there, and you asked for an autograph? You can't remember anything from an autograph. Listen, man. Only you can remember that. The purpose of taking an image or a picture is to show this is my existence. Of proof to show I was there. Oh, I got a picture. Don't get it twisted. I got a picture too. Oh, I just like yeah. you ask this man, but you still wrong though. <laughs> Joe, you you all right. You still like this guy is wrong. I got a picture. I got the uh the wave cap on the the, the corn, Did you put your hand, put your put your arm oh, around? Yeah, I'm cheesing it. Cheesing on him, man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I so I kind of see why guys do the jersey. And like a lot of people don't like the jersey swap thing. You know what I'm saying? They say you're supposed to be real competitive going back and forth. But I get it because again, you're capturing those moments. And guess what? If you're a fan or you're a reporter or somebody in the media and you don't understand that, guess what? If that person was around you and you didn't have those media obligations where it says in your contract you can't ask for a picture, you can't ask for an autograph, I guarantee you, you'd be taking one too. So guess what? At the end of the day, we fans of the game, too. You're right. 
And that's my two cents. And my one cent is no. I'm not. <laughs> Joe is still the guy. You are not. Kittle you. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast. Indulge, share, and subscribe to quality content. And we're everywhere. We're on YouTube. Make sure you scroll to the bottom. Click that little bell for notifications. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. And we're on Apple Music. Even on social media, we're going to make it easy for you. Follow at the BTM Podcast for your weekly fixings. And remember, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's Let's go go behind the mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.